0: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga, Birth, Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies. And today we have a community birth story. And if you've listened to the podcast in the past, you know, I love community birth stories. I think it is so important to share a multitude of different stories from all different aspects. There's not one right way to birth. So today I have Kristen Nader. It's actually her second podcast with us. She is a PYC community member. She just had her baby a month ago and she was one of our teachers. For quite a while, she's an amazing person. She's going to tell you a little bit about herself as we get started in this podcast. But what is really special about this story is that she had a breech baby and a cesarean birth. And we talk about that often. Cesarean births are like what was Krista saying? She's like the evil stepsister. And I don't think we should look at cesarean births that way. They can be beautiful. It's still birth, no matter how the baby emerges from your body. It's still birth. And what Krista does so beautifully in our conversation is she celebrates the birth of her daughter and she shares about what a special experience it was and how her cesarean was really beautiful. And it's something that I don't think we talk about enough that cesarean births are beautiful. So I'm really excited for you to hear Krista's story. It's just, it's breathtaking. Before we get to that, I want to remind you that if you're having some daily aches and pains, and I know that you can't always make it to a full class, that if you head to our website, prenatalyogacenter.com, you can grab our Are free downloadable of five simple solutions to the most common pregnancy pains. Now, I know I say pregnancy pains, but these can also relate to postpartum. And you can even print it out, stick it on your fridge. And so if you're thinking, oh, you're in the the kitchen, you're like, oh, my back hurts. You look at your fridge, you're like, wonderful, Deb, you gave me an an asana to help my back or my shoulders or my hips or what have you. So go grab that. Also, we are continuing all of our classes online and in person and what's really exciting is our in-person classes are filling. I'm so thrilled. I was a little nervous about keeping the studio through this whole pandemic and seeing how the community would embrace coming back in person. And a lot of people have so thank you. And a lot of people now are part of our community that don't even live in New York. And it's wonderful that we still have an online option every single day. We also have our workshops are online, some are on demand and some are in person. So we can still work with you and support you through your whole pregnancy and postpartum um, from our website, from either in person or again, online. And then a few more things I just want to touch base on. We've got our teacher training. So we've been doing, I counted this up, we have now done throughout this pandemic, seven prenatal yoga teacher trainings online. Now our last online opportunity until next year will be for this January and February. There's still a few spots left. So if you want to be part of this very thorough, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a sense of how thorough and comprehensive we are. Um, We're evidence-based. We're not woo-woo it's very thorough. If you want to be part of this teacher training, we have space for January, February. And then I'm super excited to be back in person for March and April for September and October. And then it won't be until next November and December that we're back online. So jump in if you want to uh, join me online. And then the last thing um, for those that have been listening, know that we have teamed up with this amazing company, Boober, and they offer lactation support, birth doulas, mental health therapists, postpartum doulas, and they're actually part of leading a lot of our online and in-person workshops. So if you go to their website, getboober.com, if you use our code PYC, you'll get 10% off your first services. And you know, I'm very pro doula and very pro support. So go ahead and use that. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, please enjoy Krista's really amazing and wonderful story.
1: Krista, I am so excited to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing well. (laughs) Today is, I've officially been a mom for one month today. It's my (gasps) baby's first month's birthday. Wow.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm really happy. I can't believe I grabbed a little time. That first, I was supposed to say first month, first six weeks, first 12 weeks, first 12 years. I don't know. (laughs) it's a lot. Well, I have had the chance to know you for, I don't even know how long, when did you do the teacher training? Yeah. 2015. Oh wow. Oh wow. (laughs) Yeah. Six years. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I've gotten to know you, but I would love if you could tell the community a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, um, you know, yeah, as Deb mentioned, I, I did the training through PYC and I, I, Love it. I was teaching yoga regularly before the pandemic. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, I guess kind of from the the top, this question always is like, oh, tell me about yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I live in Brooklyn. I'm now, like I said, officially a mom. And uh, yeah, I was one of those kids kind of growing up who, who kind of always worked with kids and gravitated toward them instead of the adults. So I feel like, you know, I've always been working with children and, and, uh, and you know, I have younger sisters who are eight and 10 years younger than me. And, uh, yeah, so I, I went to school for education, um, and I was in the classroom for a number of years. I was in public school and, uh, I, I did, worked at two Montessori schools, um, for a time, not a Montessori certified teacher, but, um, as an aide and, loved those times. And then when I moved to New York, I became a, a private care, uh, individual, a nanny. And I that know, cause was I tried awesome. to poach you.
0: <laughs> Do you remember that? I'm like, what would yeah. it take to get you <laughs> to be my nanny?
1: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. You no, know, I mean, it was, you know, I, I loved it. I, I love working with children one-on-one and in small groups and in whole groups. I just love children. Um, really they're, they're, so special and it's wonderful to watch them grow. And, and yeah, so I've been very fortunate to, to kind of have my career start that way. And, um, in 2016, I, I started what we call here in New York and well, I guess all across the country, um, nanny agency. And, and that just really is to, to pair, find private caregivers, um, and match them with families when families need someone to take care of their children. So I did that for a number of years in my own business. And then we, merged with a nationwide nanny agency called Adventure Nannies. Um, and that nanny agency started, I believe we're about nine years ago. And uh, yeah, and that's, that's been a journey. So I started working with them in December of 2019, right before the pandemic. So I went fully remote and then the pandemic happened, um, which is so wild. And so it's been quite a journey professionally to get me where I am Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then personally, I, I'm, I'm married, I've been married for, uh, I got married young. <laughs> how what are we at? We got married in 2009. I can't do math anymore. <laughs> 12 years? Yeah, that's how that works. And, um, and yeah, we've got two pups and like I said, live in Brooklyn and have a great block association and a lovely family and friends who've just been such a rock for us in this time too. So, um, yeah. That's that's me taught yoga, like I said, and um and yoga's very much been a practice, and now, yeah, now I'm a mom, it's,
0: it's and, wild, <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to talk a lot about really your birth story and what kind of the adventure into your birth yes. story <laughs> because so I'm gonna let you kind of take the lead. I do know. That, and tell me if I'm getting all the information right, baby was breach and yep. you had <laughs> a, a cesarean birth. So yes. let's dive into that. When you first found out that baby was breached, kind of give me what was happening in your mind and mm-hmm. then how you embody that information, how you're able to process it and maybe all the steps, because especially I could imagine coming from teaching prenatal yoga and maybe already kind of envisioning what you thought your birth would be like, and then be like, okay, let's take a step back.
1: Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have been in the the birth world for a number of years. And like I said, in the parenting, like in the family world and, um, yeah. And had just, kind of always assumed that, yep, I would have a vaginal birth and if I was lucky, I would, you know, uh, birth at a birthing center or something, I would have a water birth because I love water and, you know, I just kind of had these ideas when, um, you know, taking your training was just so incredible, not to like to <laughs> do it that harm, I'm not being paid to say that, I really <laughs> loved it and like the, all the reading and um, everything was, it, it was almost, it, you know, I don't want to say inspirational in the cheesy way, but it really showed me, um, just various birth possibilities and, um, and reading birth stories and hearing birth stories was incredible. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, when I found out that I was baby was breech, I think I had just passed week 34 and, um, and there was decreased fetal uh, movement. So I went into the hospital just to check on it. I had felt my daughter moving still, um, but we needed to check on that, of course. And thankfully everything was fine. I had forgotten that I took a Benadryl like eight hours before, <laughs> which is funny, but apparently that can like, I had really bad allergies and that can slow a baby down. And it was great that I went in because that's when I found out that she was breech. Um, I had thought that she was head down because she hiccups every single day. She hiccuped every single day and I felt the hiccups really low. So obviously hiccups come from the mouth. She's head down. Hooray. No problem. Um, but no, it really had turned out that she had been breech really the entire time. And what I thought was her butt hanging out in my ribs um was really her head really cozy to my heart. And, uh, and so, you know, I was bummed, but also, you know, not throwing in the towel. I still had time. My OB was really like, yeah, you, you know, she still has time. Don't, don't get, don't panic. Don't get anxious. Um, do the different things. You know, she recommended, Even you know, my OB is not particularly into alternative, you know, or natural like medicines. I would say like that. She's not like one way or either, you know, One way or the other way, I should say, but she was like, "Yeah, check check out Moxa button. It's you light the stick by your toe, and maybe that will work." I'm like, "What?" So she told me some things. I I had talked with some friends who, um, who you know had their baby flip from breech to head down using the Webster method, which is a chiropractic method, and I had known about spinning babies from. Um, when I had taught prenatal yoga and had recommended it to some of the the birthing parents that were in my class. And so I think, uh, you know, I'm doing these things and, uh, at about 10 days into it, maybe two weeks, I just kind of started to lessen my grip a bit, um, on this quote unquote ideal. I think you know, the most sacred part of pregnancy is this element of trust, right? That it's, it's this feeling that comes up between doctor's appointments when you're in the early stages your care provider, you know, you think like, even though I can't feel my baby moving, like I know the baby's there. And in between scans, like you have to kind of choose to believe that the baby's growing normal and healthy, even though you, you're not going to see your baby for several more weeks. And, um, you know and we trust that if we do this and we avoid that you know then our body will be strong and the baby will grow everything about pregnancy was trust and so you know for i'd say the 8 months before that i was doing this dance of trust with my body and my baby and we really kind of had cultivated that trust and i and i felt um trusting in my body and my baby and so i just kind of came to that point where I said, okay, you know, if this is my daughter's path, I'm not only going to embrace it, but I really want to welcome it. I want to kind of mentally orient myself to saying it's okay. Um, so not only did I kind of find this piece, I went a little further and actually like got excited about major abdominal surgery, (laughs) which was so weird because Debbie, you don't know this about me. And, um, obviously none of the listeners know this about me, but I had, um, crippling fear of, um, of a, of a cesarean of surgery in general. Um, I've had, I, I, I had some medical trauma in my family back when I was a teenager. And, um, and I also had this like latent fear of being cut, which sounds like very, I don't know what it sounds like, but I was honestly afraid. And then my whole, mind, just kind of, I had time to prepare, right. I I had several weeks and, um, yeah, I just kind of was like, okay, maybe I'm super naive, but I'm really excited about this. This is her path. And, um, and I was in such a place of peace and I didn't want to kind of lose that, you know, and really, I think why I, I kind of embraced this, Breach and cesarean. It's not that I gave up or stopped doing some of the spinning baby exercises, but I did elect to skip out on the external cephalic version of the, the ECV um, because of just my past medical trauma and medical situations. I didn't really want to disrupt my my mental state of peace, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I wanted to stay in that. And so, yeah, I mean, basically I, what really sealed it up for me was just knowing that I could do all this work and run around the city. I, I live in Brooklyn and going in and out of Manhattan on the train. And um, you know, when I'm already very pregnant and tired and spending my final weeks, just striving for this head down position when I knew like, Hey, it could work, but I could still end up in a cesarean. So let me just trust my baby that if she can find a way she's going to, and I want to take these next three weeks you know, four weeks left of my pregnancy to focus on preparing for surgery and just relishing like those last moments of having her heart, her head, like right by my heart. It's the closest, you know, she's ever been to me. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's now she's outside my body and she's her own person. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I don't know. It sounds really funny to be like, I just said, It's all good. But there's
0: nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, again, that's what we always tell our students, like, it's your body, it's your journey, and there is something about listening to the baby. What, you know, they... They have their own journey. We and I think this is actually an overarching theme that many of us as parents may need, but recognizing they're their own person and they you know, your daughter very well will be like, This is how we're doing it. And that could be a theme in your right. relationship going forward.
1: I, I totally agree. And you have to surrender to the child that you have. Um, it did, I did learn, uh, right when she was born, my doctor said, Krista, she had a short cord. It wouldn't have happened anyway. You can go for a be back. I've got you stitched up. <laughs> and I was like, cool. Thanks, Dr. Seletsky. Bye. <laughs> she, like, it was I great. actually had
0: a doula client like that. I was working with one of the care providers in the city, probably one of my favorite that really had actually a very low C-section rate and she went a above and beyond to try to help her clients that wanted a vaginal birth have one. And the client, I mean, they were doing everything. And we got to the pushing stage and she would push and there'd be big D cells. And then after it would come back. And she had to have a cesarean and the doctor said, you had a very high placenta really at the top near the fundus and a very short cord. No matter what they did, that baby was not coming out vaginally.
1: Yeah, even though it was positioned right, it wow. was positioned great. Yeah,
0: the head was yeah. down, but the cord was like a bungee cord. It just wasn't going to go. But I'd right. like to hear how did you once you accepted this and mm-hmm. you recognize because it is you know it is a, a major abdominal surgery. Right. What was right. it that you did to help prepare for this birth, as well as
1: knowing you were coming out of surgery on the yeah. other side? Yeah. I love that. That is such a good question. Um, well I'll back it up and say personally, um, cesarean awareness week. So I found out I was pregnant in February um, and in cesarean awareness week, I think it was in April. I don't know. You'd probably know better than I would, but I didn't realize this, but I was really paying attention and engaging with some of the content that was being shared Mm -hmm. on the internet people sharing their cesarean stories, um, and sharing statistics. And so I just, I think what helped me initially before I realized I had to have one was just staying curious through the whole pregnancy and staying open, um, to the, you know, I think in our training, you said, you know, birth is like a river. It's, it's wild and you have to follow it. Um, and, and so for me, it was just hearing kind of what it was like for people really helped me so much because I couldn't conceptualize what it actually meant to have an incision, um, and, and to have that be my path and lay in bed and all these things. So, um, for me, you know, what I, I did when I actually had found out, um, was I just, I, I dug in and I, I talked with some friends. I talked with people, um, who I, I follow, I engaged with, it sounds so funny, but I mean, I am um, an elder, an older, <laughs> I know, whatever I am wherever the so You call thinking. yourself elder. I love that. Elder. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, an elder I'm an elderly person. Um, <laughs> no, but <laughs> I like really engaged with a lot of these social media accounts that were in the birth world and trying to dig in a little bit more, um, in those, like I said, I, I didn't want to keep striving for like this ideal quote unquote in my head. It was like, this is my new ideal. Um, it, it plan A was always a healthy baby, right? Plan A was not a vaginal birth for me. Plan A, I mean, it was, but slowly realized that's not the right plan A for me. <laughs> the right plan A is a healthy baby and healthy mom for me. That's my plan A. And so I really was looking toward people to kind of help support, um, that and learning about it. So that was great. Um, I think one thing that, um, a nurse said to me, she said, you know, I'm sorry, she was the, the person who was doing my ultrasound. She said, Listen, honey, it stinks. I'm sorry. She didn't go head down. Ah, you know, babies do what they do. And I was like, Yeah. She goes, But listen, it's the most common surgery. It's literally taught on day one of an OB's training. You've got a good OB, right? And I'm like, Yeah. She was like, So you're good. It's gonna be great. And I was like, Thank you. That just decreased my fear. Um, you know, as a as a birth worker, I guess, you know, as someone in this, this field in a way, uh, we want our people to birth without fear. That's like a common thing. Mm -hmm. And cesareans are birth and it's included in that. So I was really trying to, to talk to people that would help me decrease that. Um, and then the last thing I would say, um, a practical thing, and this is like advice that really saved my tush. Um, so like I said, I kind of come from a Montessori background. And so the, the prepared environment is a Montessori concept that I love. It's, it's, you know, making sure that everything for children is, is accessible. It's independent. It's safe. Um, it's their choice. And I've kind of adapted that for adulthood, meaning for this in particular, I had my diaper station all set up and a bonus one in a basket that's mobile for the bedroom or the living room that I could just take with me wherever I was like laying down and recovering. Um, I was planning on doing cloth diapers, but I also bought disposables too, in case, you know, the, (laughs) the poop at the fan, right? Like (laughs) I'm going to do what's easier, you know? Um, I also had created like a postpartum Uh, box bin in the bathroom with sit pads and a peri bottle, um, for when I thought I was having vaginal birth, but then, um, for, for post, uh, cesarean, you know, I, kind of had like, I already got my creams and stuff. I still haven't used them. Um, but I, I got things kind of ready with all the pads and, and everything I needed. Um, I had made a health station for the baby. Um, you know, they have a lot of congestion when they're first born, um, particularly cesarean babies because they don't have that last compression as they move through the vaginal canal. And so, uh, you know, having that, like that nose freedom and stuff like that, so that my baby could breathe and eat efficiently was important. Um, I have this like Ikea cart with diapers and spit up rags, which get double what you think you need. Um, I had the breast pump parts sterilized and bottle sterilized, even though I wanted to exclusively breastfeed. I had all this stuff um, kind of set up. And I'm so glad that I did. Um, because really I could tell my husband where everything was and I just needed to lay down and heal and he could, he could get it and bring it to me. Um, and also, you know, in the hospital, it's really common for, um, post cesarean parents to, to have a little bit of a delay in their milk. Um, and so, yeah, I, I had to supplement some with formula. Her birth weight had dropped quite a bit. And so when we came home, um, I also had latch issues and bleeding nipples. <laughs> and, and so I was pumping the, like within an hour of coming home, I got my pump out and I was able to give her a bottle with my breast milk. Everything was ready to go because it was sterilized and, and there. So I know this is like kind of funny because it's like, it's not really cesarean birth. It was more of like postpartum cesarean. Um, But that was my way of like also coping and being prepared for it because I trusted that the nurses and doctors were going to care for my body. Um, there was not a lot that I felt like I could do for my birth. So there's a distinction there with a vaginal birth. I felt like I was so prepared for a vaginal birth. I had a doula who's great, Hannah Gray, um, And I had taken classes and, you know, read the birth partner and all these different things. But with cesarean, you know, I like show up at the hospital. I'm like, Hey, uh, can you like cut this kid out of me? And like, I just lay here and like, there you go. Um, the only thing I could actually prepare for the event itself was like, I made a playlist. I talked to my doctor and made a small birth plan of just like, I want a general cesarean. Here's one page on some guidelines, Um, and I visualized myself walking into the room because of my past birth trauma. So, you know, I think like you can prepare for vaginal birth and you can prepare for the big cesarean event too. I think it's important to prepare for both. Mm -hmm. Um, particularly as 30% of births are cesarean births and it can end in that way as much as we don't want it to when it's not in line with our plan. But, um, it helped me to stay calm and truthfully, Deb, I don't, Think that I would be in, I would have been in such a great place or had such a great birth experience and postpartum journey so far had I, um, started vaginally and ended in cesarean because I wasn't prepared for both, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I had that time.
0: And yeah. I think, as you said, it's something that we talk a lot about in classes, have your plan A, B, C, D, like have that yeah. conversation with your care provider, even if you're you know, there's no reason to assume you're having a surgical birth. You still, I said one in three will go there. So have that conversation if it ends in cesarean and if it's not Mm -hmm. complete emergent, can it be a little slower? Can things be more revealed? Can it be, you know, a little bit more of that gentle cesarean. I think that's an important conversation right. to have no matter what and have the plans for that. I do love that you, this just brings me back to like, I remember walking into my kids, both my kids did Montessori preschool, like the different mm-hmm. stations. And I'm like, of yeah. course you did Krista. And then my <laughs> mind flashed forward to like when your child's like two and they're going to have all the different stations. Oh, yeah. Here's our coloring station. Here's our painting oh, yeah. station. Here's our reading corner, like, like that that that's little cart a. that you have for the diapers is soon going to have like blocks. Like it's just going to oh, yeah. be.
1: Like, oh, I already a, have like books. I've had like a book a, station to, in my house for like three years. No, it's like kind of we ridiculous. We have some and <laughs> elephants already.
0: We're, we're <laughs> right. ready to go.
1: Like I sound so type A, but that's what's so funny is I'm totally not. I've had to adapt <laughs> And that's why I'm like, oh, I know. Yeah. It's just funny. That's so funny that you say that. I love that. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> right, well, well, I want to hear the stories. So we're <laughs> going to take a super quick break. And when we come back, please share your birth story. We'll be right back. Okay. We are back. I, I'm yours. You just go. Just
1: <laughs> let it out. <laughs> oh, this birth story is so funny. Um, Well, like I said earlier, it just felt so strange to like, you know, take a cab as if we're like going to the airport, but we're like going to the hospital and like showing up very pregnant. And the guard is like, are you, are you going to have your baby now? I'm like, yep, I'm going to do this thing. Um, and you know, going to the counter and being like, Hey, uh, can you take this kid out of me? I think I'd, I'd like to meet her now. Um, obviously it was scheduled, but it just felt like I was like going to the store to, pick up a baby, um, which is just cool. And, um, it sounds so like hollow, but it was so exciting. You know, it wasn't, it didn't detract from my enthusiasm or the specialness of, of the moment. Um, but yeah, so, so, uh, you know, after everything, it took some time to get prepped. Um, as I mentioned, I had gone in for fetal monitoring. Um, and you know, I, I'm kind of one of these people that think like most everything happens for a reason. Well, the people who did all my field monitoring, um, were the same people who helped prep me. And even some of them were in the actual delivery room with me, which was amazing. Um, yeah, my fear of, uh, my, my hospital kind of my medical, if you will, fears and trauma from the past really revolved around uh, the hospital. And so I have this you no, know, I've done therapy and all these things. I have a latent fear, like a, it's just something that comes up and you never want to have fear when you're in these situations. Um, but I was really glad that I went in for that monitoring because I had met these people and during COVID you can't tour a hospital right now at, right. at this point in time. Um, so everything was going all right. I was staying calm. The anesthesiologist comes in. He's a cool guy. He trained at the hospital right down the street from me, but he started to talk to me about everything they were going to do. And this shot in this stage, and then we're going to do this and then we're going to put the spinal on your back. And uh, the nurse, nurse practitioner um, comes in. Her name is Hannah. Uh, sorry. She was a P- PA. My bad. Hannah, if you're listening, Hannah Feldman <laughs> at Mount Sinai, she is a PA. Hannah walked in and she said, uh, okay, we need to do paperwork. Oh, but first of all, are you okay? And that moment, It was like the switch was turned and I said, um, actually I'm not. And I started crying (laughs) and I was like, I'm just, I'm a person who really wants to hold it all together and stay positive. And I just went her asking that and recognizing it on my face. I felt very cared for and very seen. And I said, I'm actually not. I think I'm just getting overwhelmed. Um, and, and the doctor, the anesthesiologist, he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was like, no, it's, it's just you're doing your job and I'm glad you're doing this because I need to know this information, but I am realizing I need to take a breath. And, um, and kind of in that time, we realized like, maybe I'm not going to be walked through my cesarean for every single second, right? Like I'm cutting through this layer of tissue. Like I realized I didn't want to know any of that. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) that was good. We get all prepped. Everything is great. Um, and a bunch of, I don't know, it was like two and a half hours. I don't even know what happened, but I'm like laying there. Everything is cool, getting excited. And they were like, all right, it's time. And so we walk into the room and it was literally like a a movie, like a Hollywood movie. <laughs> it was like everybody bright lights. There were like 15 people in the room. They were speaking really fast. The energy was like, felt very high. And my doctor was there and she was like, hi, good morning. Like trying to keep me calm. And everybody was really calm. Uh, I have to say that everybody was so uh, calm and caring to me and checking in. It was amazing. But at the same time, my energy walked into that room thinking, it's going to be a calm environment and the lights are going to be low and I'm going to have this gentle cesarean. And then I walk in and it's like, nope, Krista, get rid of that. Like (laughs) practice the non-attachment that you've practiced in yoga for so long. This is the work of yoga right here. Get into your meditative space because I can't tell medical professionals who are literally trying to save me and my baby and make sure everything goes well because it's surgery. Like can we just change the environment? Can we all just take it down a notch? Like, can we no. do a little home
0: together? <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're not going to do that. I literally had that thought, and then like did some self-talk. Like, Krista, let them do their job. They're keeping you safe. You are safe. Your baby is safe. And and this is how it. it this is the best way for it to be. Even though my anxiety was uh, a little heightened in that moment, um, my doctor could see it, and they were going to start the spinal. And my doctor. Um, I think this is because of COVID, my husband couldn't come in until I was prepped and ready. So my doctor, Dr. Lana Sletsky, she's incredible, held my hands um, and like we had our foreheads together and she was like helping me breathe. It was um, not what I expected of an OB. We'll just say that. I I was kind of in awe of her. Um, And so, you know, I, I just breathed. They had some trouble getting the spinal in and I really just had to use my tools of meditation, of breath work, of, um, you know, mantras. I remember saying things like I am safe and my baby is safe. Like, mm. I know we say that a lot at, at BYC. Um, and I just had to say, you know, I am here, here I am. And just saying that over and over. And then, um, the last thing I was saying to myself was like, my baby is so near. My baby is so near. And so I'm going to get emotional thinking about that. Um, But I just remember thinking, this is all okay. This is all good. This is all the way it has to be, even though I feel fear. So I was kind of in a way able to override um, my like primal brain of like, ah, danger, danger, danger. Like (laughs) where it's like, no, 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 this is just a hospital. This is how it has to be. And I know you're afraid of hospitals, but you are safe. And so I was like, thank God for therapy and yoga and meditation and prayer and like all these things, this inner work that I'd done for years and all these incredible people who were setting all of this up so that she could get here safely. So yeah, um, I was prepped and my husband comes in the room and I was playing some music and I think the timestamp on the photos, I, th- I think she was born within eight minutes. And this is the hilarious part was um, you know, like a TV show, they're like, okay, baby's coming. Okay. Okay. They like to start getting a little loud. And so my husband like gets his phone and I'm like looking and they pull down the curtain. And the second I saw her literally (laughs) the second I saw her, I had, um, a knee jerk reaction and started like literally screaming, blubbering idiot. Like, like, sobbing erupting with emotion and i just went my baby my baby my baby i just kept saying it over and over and i was like crying and i instinctively covered my eyes (laughs) and i was like oh i like covered my face and i was just like heaved i was like sobbing um and so i don't uh i didn't really see her (laughs) because i was like holy jeez she's here Um, and then they, you know, they took her away and make sure she's okay. And I could hear her screaming her little head off. And I was like calling to her. I was, I was saying her name. I was saying, Yaro, it's mama. It's mama. Obviously I don't think she could hear me over, you know, she was across the room. Um, my husband got to go and be with her and take some photos. Um, and then, you know, I'm just blissed out, honestly. Like I was like, It's cool. Like they didn't bring her right to me because that's not, I guess their total policy. And she also had passed meconium right when she Mm -hmm. had come out. And, um, so they did need to clean her up a little bit. They didn't bathe her, but they had to wipe that off. And when they brought her over, um, you know, a lovely nurse was like, mommy, mommy, look over here. It's your baby. And I like turned to her and I was then of course, totally speechless. Um, I just was like, uh And I remember saying, and also we have a video, but I remember saying, are you for real? Are you real? <laughs> and I was like, you're here. Like, are you real? I just kept saying, like, I I can't believe you're real. And I think I said that for like, I don't know, like a week after she was born. I can't believe you're real. Um, and she brought her right to my face and held her and I brought my arm up and I had to, you know, had to wear a mask. Of course, I pulled my mask down and I just kissed her face and I just said, no, it's me. It's mama. It's mama. And she instantly calmed down. She wasn't hyped or amped or anything when she, they brought her to me, but I could tell, obviously you're going from water to air. It's very jarring for a baby. And I just put her cheek right next to my cheek, like a little weird Spider-Man kiss, you know, <laughs> upside down. And I was like, it's mama. It's me. I'm your mama. And she just chilled out and we got to spend some time good time with her while they were stitching me up and my husband got to hold her. And, and we were just the three of us together. And I'll just say it, it it was immediate, that feeling of, uh, like this is the one we've been waiting for. Um, you know, I'm, I turned 35 in July, which is technically a geriatric pregnancy. Um, I don't feel old, (laughs) But You're not York, old. I'm not old. <laughs> in New York, like people have babies in their thirties, that's like normal. But a lot of my friends have had, you know, children in their early twenties and mid twenties, and um, and I've been, you know, like I said, in this in this childcare parenting world for so long, um, that you know, I even some family members were like, oh, we just thought maybe you just like weren't gonna have kids. <laughs> And I was like, no, um, kids are expensive and I don't even can't afford house insurance. (laughs) So like, we had to wait for a lot of like logistical reasons. Um, but when it was time, it was time. And I just, you know, everything lined up where she was, you know, right on me and, and face to face with me. And I just thought, I can't believe this. This is, you're the one, like it was you this whole time. And, um, and it was just incredible. So I, I, yeah, I, I don't know for birth story in terms of cesarean, it was very quick, um, a lot quicker than I, I thought it would be. And, um, and honestly, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say beyond that. It was just, a special. Mean, it thing. sounds
0: <laughs> so special. It really, I think special is that like, I'm literally sitting here with a smile on my face because it feels so like the genuine joy it, it, I don't. I can just feel that, and it's yeah. just wonderful. <laughs> it's best. wonderful to hear. It really. Yeah. I love. And what I really love is sometimes we often hear cesarean, and we kind of shake our head, like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." But you yes. Yes. no, no. Like the reason I actually I wanted that. to, <laughs> and the reason I wanted to speak with you is because you know you had. Ex- you had expressed what a great experience it was. And I'm like, yes, let's get Krista back. as for those that don't oh, know, this is Krista's actually second podcast with us. And I'm like, let's get Krista share a positive cesarean birth story so that we, we don't have to be like, Oh, I'm so, like, we can be like, great. How was okay. it for you? You know what I mean? So
1: I just oh, loved, I,
0: totally I loved hearing that. So you,
1: I'm happy to I hear feel that, that way, Deb. Thank you so much. And thanks for asking too, because it's first of all an honor. And, um, and I think I, I've been that person who, you know, when I saw friends sharing a photo on Facebook and they're in a surgical gown, I'm like, oh, I like pity. I I'm ashamed to say that I'm also, um, you know, we go through transitions and working in the birth world. I, I feel looking back, perhaps I've given students the, um, impression that cesarean birth is like the evil stepchild because that's often <laughs> I'm a stepchild. So <laughs> I was kind of evil. I'll just say <laughs> like, you know, it's like the, the, the monster in the closet, the thing to be avoided at all costs. It's like, it's, um, and, and there's good reason, right? The world health organization recommends 10% or less of births be, uh, cesarean because of out of necessity. Um, breach for anybody who's listening to breach babies. It's only three to 5% of babies, which, you know, okay, of course my child's going to be like, (laughs) not in the 95, 97% of babies who will follow suit. Um, but I, you know, I think the point is like, this is not the worst thing in the world. Like it's actually, um, an incredible thing that I was so grateful for, um, for my cesarean, even though, you know, I tried to avoid it and, and it just wasn't in the cards and, um, I think, you know, if I hadn't had that time, like I said, to to prepare, I think I really would have been down and hard on myself. Um, I, I really do. I, and I think that comes from the messaging a lot of times in, um, you know, in, in, in our birth communities, in the birth worlds and in our trainings and lactation training and um, newborn care basics and, you know, and childbirth ed. It, we talk about birth without understanding that birth, is not just vaginal. And mm-hmm. so it's almost like we are messaging sometimes. I say our because I've been a part of this is, is that, um, that vaginal is the assumption and that's the default and that is birth. Oh, but like, oh, also cesarean, you might want to take these extra trainings or just like look into this <laughs> where I think it would be helpful where like we've changed our language to say birthing parents because we realize like not all people who birth identify as a woman. And so it's, it's also one of those things, not all births are are vaginal births. And so I think, yeah, having that enthusiasm and excitement while balancing that, yes, this is major abdominal surgery and it's more risky. Um, but every birth is challenging. (laughs) Every birth is magical. Um, and every birth has their own, um, you know, recovery path, right? It's not always sunshine and roses with vaginal either. And, um, no, it is yeah. not.
0: Having had to. No. <laughs> Having had to. You've done two home births, right?
1: Like, yeah. You no, know, it's it's not easy. None Just because they come out of so. your
0: vagina doesn't mean it's easy. <laughs>
1: right. No. Well, no. I'd love but to yeah. hear a
0: little bit about what has your postpartum healing experience been like. Yeah.
1: Thank you for asking that because I did not know what to expect with a cesarean. Um, like I said, it's only been one month, so it's still ongoing and I like hesitate to say it's going really well because I'm like superstitious, superstitious, like knock on all the wood, it's going well. Um, and I'm not out of the clear because it really does take a solid six weeks for internal to, to heal up your, uh, uterine stitches and all that stuff. Um, and, and so I think I'll definitely be postpartum for a while. I think you're always postpartum right after you have a baby. Uh-huh. Um, but for this one month, um, it's it's been going well. Um, I, I like I said I I had a doula and um, she was excellent and with the way that you know if you have vaginal birth and she has one postpartum visit I believe but if you have a cesarean and she can't you know attend and all that um, she came after immediately after to the hospital and she's done several home visits with me because her hours kind of transitioned to postpartum care. Um, and that was extremely helpful in a way that I didn't anticipate. Um, it's just helpful to have someone, especially because she's a lactation consultant as well. Mm. Um, I had a really hard time with latch in the hospital, despite having three lactation consultants, one of them being my doula. Um, and so it was just, uh, awesome to have her, you know, come two days after discharge and then the following week to help. Follow up on some things, um, and that was great. Uh, and and so I think, yeah, we we had my aunt come into town for a week, thankfully. And I just think we've, uh, you know, I I don't want to say that I was prepared because I think nothing really prepares you um, for going through it. You can have sympathy, but until you do it, then that's when you can have empathy for postpartum. You have to actually live in those shoes. Um, but I think I was just having that excitement and enthusiasm that it's given me like a a different perspective on it. Um, yeah, but it's going well. It's, it's going well. And I'm just resting. <laughs> I'm resting and still doing fun things, good. still going on walks. You should yeah. be resting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this I is know, the time to embrace her, that. Right. We, we had her. I thought I would do the first 40 days thing. It's a philosophy of laying in bed and yes. these things. But, um, I realized that that was really bad for my mental health. And we had this baby because we wanted to live life with her. So, you know, I, I, we we went out to a restaurant, outdoor eating and sat there and I nursed her at the table. And I was like, man, this is bliss. Like, this is cool. We're having a kid to like bring her into our life. And uh, I know that's not the journey for everybody. Um, But I was like, you know, really relishing this time and actually cried on like day seven because oh. I'm like, this will... This will be over. I cry a lot, but I'm just saying this, this particular period will be over. And I only have like 80 days of my baby being so little where she just sleeps on me and wants to, like, I just, I felt like that, uh, like it was sad thinking about that this time will end and then she'll be a big baby, <laughs> which is what we want. But you know, I'm sentimental. So, you know, here we are. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it has highs and lows, really highs and lows. And, um, it's just the lovely, longest, shortest time, right? Oh, so. I
0: do love that. Okay. We're going to take another break. When we come back, what is one thing you wish someone had told you before birth or parenthood? We'll be right back. Okay. We are back. So I'm really interested because as we had talked about, this is not your first rodeo around babies. Like you know babies, you've been in the birth world, but is there anything now that you are one month out, you've been through a surgical birth, you've started to walk your path of parenthood. Is there one thing you wish someone had told you ahead that you feel like you can now share?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I think kind of what I was talking a little bit about before, just like the default word being birth, assuming that it's always vaginal birth. Um, I think that subconsciously I was kind of like, feeling a little bit like a failure that I didn't do, you know, something right to help my baby to go head down or, um, that my birth maybe wasn't as going to be as powerful or that I wouldn't feel as empowered. Um, you know, that moment when the baby comes out and people say like, I felt like I could do anything because I did this, you know, the triple marathon and getting this baby out. Like, I felt like I was really going to be robbed of that. And in a way, like, I kind of still do feel that way. Um, but I feel like, you know, I wish that, ah, uh, yeah, that maybe I don't really know that there was just more conversation around, um, the power that still is, is uh, available and accessible to people who are birthing in, in surgically. Um, and, and maybe even so, there's, that there would be some integration in those classes in childbirth ed and how to honestly, <laughs> like how to logistically feed when you've got an incision or how to get up and, and change a diaper, um, you know, when you're, when you're recovering and what it actually means to look like to, to rest and how you might need to be prepared with, um, some outside help. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's not a great answer because I, I, I just feel like I had heard so much advice, like for 15 years, right? <laughs> Sometimes like advice, it, like there's so much advice out there. Um, and so maybe like the thing that I really wish I heard, even now that I think about it, is just someone saying, like, listen to your own voice a little bit, like find what works for you. Maybe that's a better answer.
0: So now I'm going to turn <laughs> it. You said question. you got, you said you got 15 years of advice. So now, now I'm going to turn it to, can you give some advice? So what is one final tip or piece of advice you would like to offer new or expectant parents? So funny.
1: It's so funny. There is a lot of advice out there and there's so many do's and don'ts. Um, but I would say, um, Oh, it's so hard to pick. I want to pick Three things (laughs) for new parents. (laughs) All right, shoot them out like bullet points. I'm ready for new parents. I would say please laugh. You have to laugh, and you have to laugh often. You have to laugh at your I'm putting air quotes mistakes because you are not going to know everything. Even though I joke like I know too much, and that actually like messes up my brain sometimes, I still like I'm not doing everything right. And even those, uh, you just you can take all the classes, but you have to laugh when okay, like my baby just, you know, like when the poop literally hits the fan. Yes. Just laugh. No, I just laugh. I just remember one time yeah.
0: we laughed so hard. I literally thought I was going to pee myself. I'm actually surprised <laughs> I didn't Um, because it was like those belly laughs. Like my son is maybe a week old and I don't even remember exactly what happened, but he was on the changing table. We we're both probably trying to figure out what we were doing. And <laughs> it was just like, I still remember just the joy of the laughter that also could have been sleep deprivation, um, oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> but I just remember that moment yeah. and it was really genuine together. Joey and I just having that moment together. So I, yeah. I'm going to put a little stir next to your just laugh because I love that one.
1: Yeah. 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 That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And, and I would say like, this is yoga birth babies, right? And so it is about yoga. And I would say, for expecting parents or even people who maybe you're listening to this, like trying to conceive um, or conceiving in the future. Um, I said do the real work of yoga and practice non-attachment right now, non-attachment to a specific birth outcome. Um, and you know, that's not to say don't have a roadmap or intentions or just be like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. I don't even need to research my birth team. Like, take the advice of people who've gone before you but make peace with following the river of birth because it is wild and pregnancy is wild. Um, you know, I think that it's, it made me happy to have the cesarean when I had this deep fear of it before, like truly a phobia. It's just because I, I had time to sit with it and tune in and, um, you know, I didn't actually make time to sit with it and tune in until I found out she was breached. So don't be like me, (laughs) like (laughs) sit with that possibility. Just do like one meditation session or visualization of, of different birth outcomes so that you can have that peace cultivated and, um, non-attachment. And then (laughs) the last thing I would say is just keep things flexible. Um, don't try to contort yourself or your approach into some, Form. I'm talking parenting. I'm talking pregnancy. I'm talking exercise, um, just because you should, and that's not to say that you should, again, throw out sound, safe, wise advice. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying figure out your few musts. Um, you know, like for us, like safe sleep in a bassinet, that was a must. Like we, we tried to do things that were, um, you know, we had some ideas, right. But like breastfeeding, that is, that was plan A, but plan A really actually is baby had to get fed. So, you know, there's just things that come up and in the essence of giving yourself grace and caring for your baby, making sure that they're safe, healthy fed um, it, and they can grow is that just keep things flexible and follow them, follow their growth. Um, that's another Montessori thing is just following the child. And I think it's so much, you, you do such a, a more service of kindness and love to yourself If you can just keep things a little more flexible, laugh at kind of the mistakes and kind of practice a little bit of, um, non-attachment to a lot of things, just be open. So I don't know, I'm going to practice that the rest of my life. I I hope I don't sound like a know-it-all, um, (laughs) but that's my work for the next 18 years and probably beyond that. Um, but yeah, that's my advice to new people. I think
0: it's wonderful advice. Oh, I've so enjoyed this conversation. I mean, I've always enjoyed chatting with you, so (laughs) it's an extra treat. Krista, thank you. I have to. I think you pop into my mind regularly because I don't know how often you're on Facebook, but if you ever go to the, you know, how we have a Facebook group for the teacher for the teachers and the teacher trainees. Well, the picture of you doing some hands-on adjustment with somebody in (laughs) Warrior One. (laughs) pops up every time I go oh to gosh. that page. And so you funny. don't know it, but know you're on one. my... You know that picture? I'm sure you've seen that picture because <laughs> yes, you're giving like the best smile. Um, <laughs> <For> <laughs> so I think of you often and watching oh, you gosh. again. It was a bit from afar because of during COVID, but oh, I remember yeah. at the beginning of the pandemic how you were doing stuff online. And then I'm like, and then you're like, I'm pregnant. I'm, I'm so happy for you. And just watching your journey has been it's been really a treasure and you're so open and so sharing that it's even though many of us in your outside orbiting life haven't been able to connect with you you really do put yourself out there in a way that just invites people to want to support you and and root for you so thank you oh, for that
1: no and i you've been such a part of my journey likewise i'm like always thinking of you and thinking of so many of the people I've worked with over the years who've taught me so many lessons on how to do this. Um, and you've been such a huge, huge part of that. So likewise, and I (laughs) felt so bad that COVID (laughs) kept me away from PYC and living an hour away from PYC kept me away. It's so much, but you know, kindred spirits, we always find a way back. And really, if anybody has any questions or they need a friend, I'm, I'm here.
0: You're awesome.
1: Well, (sighs) thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll chat another time.